welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. This is the Monday night game against Toronto Game 3. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a pre-game episode before these games because we, you know, we found we had so much to say um, that I think it warrants you know, posting this a little in advance before, the pu- before Puck Drop. So um, generally we're going to have these out probably a day before the games. It's a little bit difficult with Game 3 and Game 4 because they're back-to-back and we kind of just came up with this idea. So um, this podcast should be coming out you know, like probably around an hour before Puck Drop. Yeah, and it's um, it's good to have it just, you know, anywhere between a day and up to puck drop because of the things that change. I mean, we're going to mention yeah. it now. There's things that changed from this morning to this afternoon. Yeah, so, so it would have just kind of made everything irrelevant. Yeah. But, so, like, just before we get into the news, because there's quite a bit that's happened with the lineup, mm-hmm. how do you feel after game two? Like, how do you think the morale is in the room? I think the guys might be a little bit down. I think, like... The the vibe right now is, you know, I, I think everyone's split between two feelings of was game one the anomaly mm-hmm. or was game two the anomaly? Okay. And I think that's kind of the, I guess you could say in the back of their minds. I think I think the team is confident and everything. I just, I don't know. I, I don't feel like another blowout coming, like, but some, I don't yeah. feel as though like the rest of the series is going to be 2-1 wins. That Stark win, um, that Stark loss, sorry, in game two, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, a little bit hard for us to swallow just because if you look at the regular season, that's how we lost every game to Toronto. You know and I mean, yeah. like they, they had two, three goals on us and uh, it's a little bit scary, I think, for the guys and, you know, even for us as fans, because I think that's what people expected going into this series um you know was for wins like that where you know they they we just couldn't like generally what what i'm most worried about with with this team right now is like the problem is again like we can't score more than a goal like it's right it's the goal scoring which i think when we get into the lineups that that's kind of what's being addressed the the point isn't like goaltending or anything like that because campbell's incredible price is playing incredible but the the fact of the matter is is they have a much more potent offense than us, and yeah. they're not going to score a goal. Like they're, they're for the most part, they're going to score two, three goals, even with like stellar goaltending. That's it. Uh, and we have to score more. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. Let's jump into the into the lineup changes because I think that's what you know coaching's been feeling as well. Yeah. So um, the lines at practice and what are seemingly to be the lines to expect tonight um, is Tatar. Do you want to take them line by line? Actually, yeah, let's do line by line. Okay, yeah. so the first line of Tatar, Dano, and Anderson. I think, um, you know, before anything, all four lines got a bit of a shakeup, which is nice because that's kind of what we were talking about. How just by the domino effect, if you don't want to change one line, it kind of, um, you know, kind of strong arms you into having to do the same combinations for the rest. So all four lines got a shakeup, and this first line of Tatar, Dano, Anderson. I think that's really just, um, you know, Tatar and Dano playing with basically the Habs' best forward. Yeah. I, that's the best yeah. way I can put it, is you have your top line now in terms of your best players overall playing together. Yeah, well, I mean, even, you know, I, that's clearly the motivation there, but, you know, even looking at game one, two, I mean, I it sucks to say but like as of right now Gallagher is a liability on line one like he really was not playing well you know a lot of people are jumping on Tatar and like we'll get into the fact that you know Tatar was an original scratch in this lineup but you know Tatar has I've noticed Tatar on the ice like Tatar's taking shots he's back checking um you know that whole line looked kind of off 
And I think it, you know, going back to last podcast, it has a lot more to do with the matchup. Like this is a pretty difficult matchup for them to thrive in because, um, you know, that Matthews, Marner, uh, Hyman line is also like a top five, five on five uh, lineup in in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's hard for them to play their game against that line too. But if you look at Matthews, Marner, Hyman, they're also, you know, struggling relative to how they usually play yes. as well you know like they're not having it they're a kind super of canceling each other out except yeah. when they cancel each other out the matthews marner hyman line does get the advantage yeah and if you look at that though and even you know with the cancel out for example in game one it works mm-hmm. but when you get you know like 10 minutes straight of penalties it, it doesn't work like but well, yeah that's basically yeah you just can't afford to put them on the power play for a yeah. sixth of the game i'm happy to tars in the lineup though because you know like i yep. As I, much as he's got a history of being a poor playoff performer, points wise, how bad is it? Though? It's it's bad in the sense of like because like he's not a superstar. No, but it, it's it's not that it's that. I think it's just like he really does take a dip wherever he goes. I mean, Detroit when he played was good and he didn't stand out to them. But he was it's just kind of yeah. I'm gonna really look quickly. it up while while we talk about yeah. it. But it's more I just like, I know he has like a a. Not a history of it, but, you know, it was Vegas brought him in that year to play in the playoffs and ended up not playing a yeah. game. Because, like, I, I understand some players, you know, have dips in the playoffs and stuff like that, but people talk about Thomas Tatar, like, the guy hasn't got a point in, in yeah. five years in, in the playoffs. No, I, I get that. It's you know frustrating. I mean? But to give you an idea, he's had 11 playoff points in 37 playoff career games. How many goals? The six. Okay, so six so goals in, 40, in almost 40 games. Um, eleven points That's total. Very strange. And just just to be fair in terms of comparison, so to his points, regular season, yeah, points game. per game, eleven over thirty seven is about uh point three points okay. per game, and his career is three seventy seven over six twenty five, which is about point six. So it's really about half yeah. the production of what he normally does. So. Okay. It's just one of those things, too. I mean, I it, you can't, like, find a correlation or a causation for it. It's just, you know, it, it just happens, you know. I wonder, I wonder how he played last uh, bubble with us. I don't think very well, but... No, I, I don't think just particularly Just because I, you know, well. I, I don't want to start taking his, you know, his points in... He had two points in ten games. Okay, so that's pretty And it was strength. two goals, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, with Vegas, he had um, two points in eight games... Um, his highest point totals in the playoffs was four points in seven games back with Detroit when he had his 29 goal season. So, okay. yeah. you know, it's just, it's his, it's, 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 it is what it is with him. You know, it's, it's, it's hard oh, to yeah. say um, like it's ignorable, but at the same time, I don't know why that is. And I don't think just sitting him out every playoffs is going to make it any no, better. And, and the fact of the matter is, is if we can't score... Okay, like there should be no one scratched who's actually scored goals this season because well, we can't playoff? afford to have it. The that's why, like, we were talking about how much worse than Tatar. Well, I want to stick on this line, but I just, as a very small tangent, uh, Toffoli's been playing the like, absolute shit. Right, and okay? this is why when, like, when we get to yeah, it, but, it's worth but like it. I, yeah. in terms of Tatar, like I, you know, if you're gonna, we can't afford to scratch either of them just because, like, you know, even if they are playing at let's say thirty to fifty percent capacity. That's still more than zero goals. Like yeah, we need exa- every well, goal. Well, that's we can and get. I completely agree. Yeah. But so and a um, stall. I mean, you know, like one goal. I mean, like that's probably well, the most that's reasonable it. Scratch. It's, and yeah, and he also. So yeah, just you know, we'll, we'll, and, yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna jump quickly on Anderson. I was just focusing on Tatar, but Anderson, I think, is just a logical decision off of Gallagher. I mean, he's just 
he's a bigger, more talented Gallagher. And, yep. and, and he's been specifically playing well against yeah. Toronto. That's and like, the other you know, thing. that's a very good matchup with Hyman. And exactly. Like, uh, and yeah. he, even Matthews. Matthews he can too, yeah. He can get in Matthews' face a little. Um, and as we've seen, Matthews doesn't answer the bell if you're over six feet tall. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so um, take line two away. Yeah, well, I just I did want to mention it now just because we said Tatar. So like like you said, Tatar originally was that scratch. Um, Eric Stahl, we'll get to, is is the uh, 13th man out. He's apparently has an injury of some kind. So, um, you know, for anyone keeping track, though this is, you know, maybe, maybe it is... Um, you know how like Tatar when he gets scratched, he always comes back and kind of is fired up. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that same effect where it's like, oh, I, I mean, he, in his head he was basically scratched and he's getting a you know a very lucky yeah. chance here. My, I think my my like master thesis with what's happening with Tatar. Um, I mean, Dano, you know, struggling too obviously in the two games they've played. But in the I playoffs, haven't noticed the just problem because like with, but um, yeah, exactly. The, the reason you don't notice a, an, an issue is because Dano's. We don't like need offense from Deno. Like we, no. we, you know, we get his face-offs, we get his back checking, we get his, you know, penalty kills. So like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But you know, it's kind of hard to tell if it's Tatar or Gallagher because one of them's pulling them down. And I and I want to say it's Gallagher because I yeah. want to say he's not completely. I healthy. don't think he's fully healed. There's yet. no That's way noticeable. you could be. There's no, no way you could be fully healed in that amount of time with a broken thumb. No, like, definitely not. You know, he he probably can't grip his stick properly. Yeah, and he's and, also um, probably like shielding his hand when he plays so if he has to turn one way you know it it does change his game i'm Mm. sure but uh you know you you deal with that and the habs are clearly dealing with it so like you said line two it's army and suzuki and they're bringing in caulfield so this is something you and i touched on a couple times before the playoffs started after each game i think yes the physicality is going to be tricky with caulfield but like you said, the main issue I have right now with the Habs is they're not scoring. And, I mean, if anyone's going to do one thing, it'll be Cole Caulfield. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I, I understand. Like, it's one of those things that, you know, I based off of the scoring issue, um, I'm going to kind of rescind what I said, uh, you know, after game one about keeping, like, the bigger, tougher guys in there. The only thing I would do is, um, as opposed to what I said in the regular season where it's, like, play him in the top six or mm-hmm. nothing – now I'm going to go to, I don't want him in the top six, and I don't want him in the fourth line. Like, the only spot I'd really want Caulfield's on that third line, just because okay. I do worry, like, that matchup is not good. Like, we're going to, I guarantee you tonight, we're going to get punished with that matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Foligno's just going to absolutely destroy him. The thing is, though, that could technically be the third line. Like, we don't know what they're... Exactly. That's what that, they're, that's, yeah, that's what I was uh, getting yeah. to, is, like, I, I hope that that's just going to push down, because... You know, to fully Gallagher KK, I'd be okay with that lineup. Yeah, against which Lino. is which is what I was gonna say is for the third lineup to fully Gallagher and Kotkaniemi, That seems like it's gonna be the second line yeah. tonight. This is just uh, the lines we have. By the way, are from like uh, the Daily Faceoff, yeah. where they basically take all the different reporters reporting in and just compile I am, it. I am happy Armia is moving up though, not because it's you know he's been particularly playing well, but he's playing hard. But Toffoli is just getting slaughtered on that line. Yeah, and also Suzuki like. If there's a game that he has to pick it up, it's tonight. It's like, tonight. He's and really disappointing. This me is right also now. a good litmus test for Caulfield Suzuki. Like everyone in the league has young guys, if and they play together and they play well. Like look, they're barely younger than Matthews and Marner. Yeah, so, Stutzla, Kachuk. Yeah, exactly. And like there's there's a bunch of combinations like that. So 
this is their chance. I technically would call this the third line. Yeah, but, I think it is. But you know what? Yeah. It's we'll see during the game where they get sent out. Um, but yeah, that does lead us to the third line. I think um, this is the perfect example. This third line of basically Kotkaniemi getting a promotion for playing well, Gallagher and Toffoli getting a demotion for playing poorly, and they meet in the middle of the third line. I look. I have good hopes for this line actually because. I like it. You know, Kotkaniemi's a physical player. Um, Gallagher's very, very physical and gritty, and Toffoli can shoot. I think this is going to be a lot of traffic in front of the net, and I wouldn't be surprised if this line put up, you know, a goal or two tonight. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any complaints about it. I just want to make sure that we're, again, it's it's we have the final change. Yeah, I was going to say, so we, have, we choose the matchups. It's the matchup. So as long as this is being done strategically, which I'm, I'm not worried about, then I'm okay. And then going to the fourth line, this is... I'm, I have kind of positives and negatives about this. So the fourth line is going to be Lekkonen, Byron, and Perry, with Byron playing center. So um, we've tried Byron at center a few times. It hasn't particularly yeah. I just worked just, out. I want to jump back to the third for a second. Um, Toffoli, I think, will benefit playing with KK just because, you know, he's a bit of a better skater than Suzuki. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bit, he skates with a bit more grace, and he also gets through the neutral zone a lot quicker. I think that's one thing I noticed with Suzuki last game was, like, of all the lines, that line was really, really struggling in the neutral zone. I find they dragged their feet. Yeah, that's they it. dragged their feet, and it was forcing, you know, to Foley and, you know, well, not forcing it. It looked like he just wasn't pumping his legs. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think having Gallagher there and KK, when they really, like, they dump and chase, it's going to force Toffoli to move his legs. Yeah. Whereas, like, Suzuki likes to more, you know, carry it in. Um, Stop up, turn around. Yeah. He does his normal thing. Whereas, like to Foley, if he's not moving his legs, he's not getting the dump and chase. Yeah. I also, I'm just, I'm just gonna put out there actually. Look for Cod Kaname to throw some big hits tonight. Like, yeah. I, I can feel a few like really big hits, and uh, I think that'll really get guys going too. Especially playing like you said on a line with Gallagher, it would just. If I'm in that situation, you just you hit harder playing, yeah. you know, just knowing that he's on the ice with you. But yeah, going back to the fourth line, Byron, Lekin, and Perry, I don't mind it. Me either, right? Um, it Perry slows it down a little, which I'm okay with because he's responsible. But I the only thing is I, I don't love Byron in the middle. It kind of it, it takes away from his game because Big time. because he, he now has to kind of be back, which is like he has the speed to do it, but his whole thing is bursting up the side. So we'll see. I think that's going to be a line that gets sent out there just to really, you know, dig in and just kind of get a few minutes off the clock. Yeah. But, yeah, it's unfortunate that both Evans and Stoller Stall are out because, like, you just you want a centerman on your line. That's three yeah, winners. I, it must be pretty bad with Evans because yeah. it's going to be more than two games now. Yeah. So we'll so, see what happens there. But, you know, that's a guy that we're definitely going to miss. Although, you know, putting Caulfield in, I really don't know who I'd bench yeah. if, if Evans came back. Well, that's and it. It's we, definitely it's, not Byron. No, it's hey, like we said the other day, it, would, it came down to Army or to Foley. If judging from our 10 minute uh, of, uh, or eight minutes of straight of penalty kill, it can't be Lekkonen. No. So, yeah, that's it. Be. So let's jump into the D. So our first pairing uh, as of this afternoon is Edmondson and Petrie, which. 
you know, I think that's just going to be a staple for this series. I, you yeah, know, I, I mean, they, they're also just looking at it. They went right back to what worked in game one. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah, Edmondson Petrie, first line. I think um, that matchup works well. Like I was saying last game, I, I wish they kind of bumped Petrie down with Edmondson and, you know, brought up a more of a, um, you know, not not Weber, maybe Sherratt Weber, but just something that is more of like, I, I don't need particularly offense from you just because they're so worried about locking down Marner's Matthews mm-hmm. that I think Petrie's not really going to have an opportunity to go up with the play because, yeah. you know, if we get one more of those Matthews-Marners two-on-one, I'll literally oh blow a gas. Oh, my God. It's, it's enough, though. Like, we'll, my chest yeah. can't take it. No, that that's it. The the main thing, and I, once we get through the lineup, that that's what I kind of wanted to talk about was kind of what's the do's and don'ts for yeah. tonight. But yeah, just just kind of covering the entire thing. It was Edmonton, Petrie, Kulak, Sherratt, and Merrill and Weber. So really, like the lines from game one, it's worth just noting too that Romanov tonight was practicing in the red jersey, which to those who don't know what that means, it means he's not yet a scratch. As the, he's practicing as though he's planning to play, so it'll be a game time decision. Um, I think that's going to be the odd man out. Obviously, be Merrill at that point. So it's either going to be Merrill and Weber or Romanov and Weber. Yeah, I, I actually think Romanov will play. I don't think uh, unless what they're doing is like slowly titrating in the young guys. And like you know, this game it'll be Caulfield. Next yeah. game it'll be Romanov. But I think you know, I think we'll probably see Caulfield and Romanov tonight. I think like. Uh, you know, the, the series is tied 1-1, but, like, last game was a big loss. Like, yeah. that was a bad loss. We need a bit of a shake And again, up. like, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, but the reason it hurt so bad was because it looked so much like the regular season. And, like, yeah. that's scary. Oh, I, I also just, I had to just rec- retroactively change this because I, I assumed wrong. When Kotkaniemi scored and put up the number four, oh, yeah. that wasn't for the four goals he scored last year. That was him, Romanov, yeah. Caulfield, and uh, who was the fourth guy? Uh, I think Evans, who was already out at that point, that have been training together. They've they've kind of bonded yeah. that like we're the four. So he was saluting his like scratches basically, yeah. which is nice to see. Yeah, that I, I would have I would have done the three just because like Evans wasn't scratched. Yeah, so, I know injury, but I am forgetting I someone else yeah. though. I'm sure. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's good to see that he's kind of bonding with those guys, yeah. and uh, you know I hope he has another big game tonight. But um, you know. I, I don't want to, you know, I hate being this guy, but, you know, we're going to need, you know, far more consistent refereeing here. Like, this is... Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's again, we're not saying, and the, this is important just to note because, like, you said you don't want to be this guy, but it's like, we also, like, someone has to say it, too. Yeah, you don't I'll, You don't want, like, to blame the referees, but you also just really need them to be a non-factor. Yeah. And, and the thing is, though, is, like, you know, I, and I do acknowledge, because I, I see a ton of Leafs fans saying it, like... The Leafs definitely got the, the the brunt end of the stick in game one. Like, they got a lot of penalty, like, a lot of calls yeah. that, you know, we were kind of laughing about because, but like... half we, of them were, like, irrefutable, though. It's like well, no, throwing the were, puck over the glass. They got, they got almost as many penalty minutes as we did last mm-hmm. game, right? So, like, there, you know, there was two of them that they shot it over the glass, but, like, you know, the rest of them... I think it was were, actually three. Might have been three, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not saying the number of penalties no, no, upset I know, me. I, I think, it's, it's like... The call, it's, it's the inconsistency Yeah, in the calls, and it's yeah. also the level of what's being called. Because, yeah. like, this is... It's playoff hockey, and, like, you know, for example, Shea Weber getting a fine for that cross-check, for example. That, or, like, the, some of the suspensions versus fines we see. There's obviously right now a discipline issue across the board in the NHL. They don't really have a standard. Yeah. And it's, it's just... It's really coming out now, and, like, I think... What the NHL didn't preview was these these playoffs are going to be like extra 
aggressive because these guys have been playing each other so much this year that they have like personal vendettas at this point where it's like if you think of like uh you know, like tom wilson for example they like it wasn't like those the two games they played each other that year yeah he, he'd been up in their face the entire year and like for us for example look how much like you know we have like little things going on between certain players like Tofoli and vancouver i'm sure had we played vancouver they would have been attacking Tofoli. so mm. you know it's just we just want to see within reason you know the refs kind of take a step back and let the game play out because it it really and obviously this is biased but we're a team built for physicality and we're a team built to kind of punish players for coming in front of the net and it's it's kind of biting us in the ass a little yeah i I think basically across the board what you have to do is you know roughing calls in general have to go to both teams like these these scrambles in front of the net you can't start picking scapegoats because you you know for a fact that you know these these things are going to happen and um you can't give teams an advantage like that because both teams are doing it and also um you know in terms of the you know the whether it be cross checks or the um holds or stuff like that you know they got to really restrict this to calls that are actually impacting the possession like you know where there's going to be cross checks in front of the net you know if weber cross checks a guy who has the puck and he, you know, it forces him to fall forward and lose the puck. Like, yeah, call that. Yeah. Okay, but when he's in front of the net and clearing someone in front of the net and he gives him an extra, you know, push with the stick that, like, you know, Muzzin did two minutes earlier, just let that go because realistically the puck wasn't near him. You know what I mean? I'm not saying let him, you know, bash people over the head, but yeah. you're going to have a, like, you know, 30% more force behind these cross-checks. Well, like, that's and as it. long it's, as it's not one-sided, it's fine. It's also the placement of the cross-checks, right? Like, you know, if, if you're cross-checking someone, like, in the lower back where the pants kind of are, and you're just trying to push them, versus you're cross-checking them behind the head, it's going to yeah. be very different. Yeah, like, a good example is, like, the one Sherratt was throwing last game in front of the net versus, like, the one caught Kanyemi through where he shattered his stick in half over Exactly, like, where Riley's coming at him and he broke yeah, his like, stick. Yeah, like, that's clearly a penalty like, yeah there's no problem with that it's just yeah, like let them kind of battle it out yeah and again that's like an open ice cross check versus you know clearing a guy out in front of the yeah, net like, exactly it's yeah. just those little things but anyway um do's and don'ts for tonight that i i had a few that were just yeah, in my head um definitely i mean the three things i'd say the Habs have to do is i this is gonna sound stupid but they have to get on the board they have to get they have to score early they just they need to score and get that like chances they can't have one goal per game and have it on a rebound it yeah. needs to be like you, you need to make campbell earn his 60 minutes right yeah. the second thing and this is probably the biggest one for me is they have to play their game this goes back to what we were just talking about they can't be afraid to take penalties but they all but I don't mean that in the sense where they they can't be afraid to trip people. I'm saying like everyone finishes their hits, everyone, you know, plays a physical game in front of the net. You you don't shy away from anything and it's all four lines going. And then the third thing is just they really, really, really need to use the uh the matchups to their advantage. Oh, yeah. Because that that was the big thing last game, is I noticed we got caught a lot of the time with bad matchups. Right after one of the goals, I remember they showed Byron was on for like a minute 50 or something. Yeah. You just can't have that. No. Yeah, so, you know, I'll piggyback off of that. I think my number one thing is the matchups tonight. Like, we really have to use that last change uh, properly because, you know, the Leafs are lacking on depth right now. 
um, and we have to you know really punish them for that. We have to keep that Deno to Tara Anderson line out against Matthews, um, and really not get caught with this. You know, Matthews Marner all of a sudden is up against um, you know Byron Perry or something mm-hmm. like that because it, it it really really screws with us and um, opens up the ice a lot for them. And uh, next for me is going to be you know we're going to have to learn to capitalize on these penalties. Okay, yep. Like the, the power plays we do get, like we need to score because like it's getting to the point now where it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not, well, it's not funny. It's never been funny, but it's, um, it's, it's past concerning. It's like there, there's almost like they have like a hex on them and they can't get the puck in the net. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly for me, it's, um, you know, a lot of people are going to look at the penalties last game and want us to tone it down. But like you said, I think we have to actually, you know, turn it up a notch that one. I'm not worried about. I think, you know, combine Weber's um, fine with, you know, the scrum with Simmons at the end with that, you know, nasty little slash he gave Edmonds yeah. in there. Throwing a punch I think we're going to come out rocking. And I think a big reason Anderson got put to the first line is to get into Matthews. And yeah, he's he's, a, he's an absolute horse on the ice. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a body. Um, I actually was thinking, I forgot I, I wanted to mention this. We were thinking about, uh, well, I had the idea of it. I haven't, like, I wanted to run it by you and anyone else listening. I'd love to know what they thought. Um any fine the Habs get during the Leafs, I think we should just uh, start a GoFundMe page. Yeah. And literally be like, yeah, it's all good. It's on the fans. <laughs> because, like, I don't think Weber got anywhere near a $5,000 fine on that one. No. I think um, that's more on Molson. I think yeah. Molson's paying that. I no, no, I, it doesn't yeah. actually come out of their uh, their side, but you know what I mean. It's well, just, no, I, it, apparently it could. It does. It does. <laughs> the majority of players pay their fines, but okay. I'm just saying, like, I think... You know, I think Molson is more worried about us, you know, making it through the playoffs rather than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Weber's uh, Weber's fines there. Plus, you know, just making it to the playoffs, they generate so much income. But yeah, no, um, I just mean more as a solidarity thing. Yeah, and <laughs> Weber also does not strike me as the type for that fine to make him quiet down a little yeah. bit. So yeah, we'll see. And I also, you know, lastly want to say I, I think Price is going to have another big game just because, you know, that scrum in front of the net at the end there or in the corner near the net. You know, that's the kind of energy he really thrives off of. So, mm-hmm. uh, Even but if again, he doesn't no. show it. <laughs> yeah, again, like it, it's it's one of those things where like he played fantastic last game. It's just, you want the he, eight to ten minutes straight on the power play yeah. on the penalty kill. I mean, like, what do you want from the guy? You know, he let in two goals there. It's like, yeah, it's like yep. six penalties or something. But like uh, another thing too is like um, we have to acknowledge that like there's no goalie on earth right now that could keep the Leafs to a zero goal game like it's not possible yeah it's they're not gonna way happen. too strong and you know even their fourth line scoring right now yeah so you know we need to get on the board and hopefully I'd be thrilled if Caulfield scored yeah I have a good feeling about it honestly I think he's a he's a guy who steps up what would that matchup either? look like right now with Toronto on their third line well no, let's just yeah two three well yeah I think that would end it'd up be, being it'd be, it'd be um Mikheyev, Kerfoot, and um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Simmons. No, no Simmons, Simmons on the fourth, fourth line. line. It's Mikheyev. Um, Mikheyev plays right wing. I don't Engball. Engball. Okay, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's, that's a good not match. bad. That's the honestly. Ma- that's honestly the matchup you have to keep that line up against. Yeah. Um, anything else, like you, like literally clothesline Caulfield off the ice. Yeah. Because <laughs> like if he's playing up, if they somehow get like Hyman up there against him like we're absolutely yeah. screwed and and i had one don't for tonight literally one like and it, it's kind of a it's not so much of a don't but it's a it's a can't it's you can't have a long-term memory with this game last game was last game it's done 
we move on to this game. If something happens tonight, if you know the Leafs get an early goal, it's like we can't let that get in our heads. Yeah. We just need to bounce back, and we need to go the entire 60 minutes of hockey. The Habs have a bad habit of playing about 54 minutes a night. Yeah. And so that's my only big one is just forget what's happened and just play today. If you can get a 2-1 lead going into tomorrow, that's a great, great opportunity. And my last question is, do you think it's Price again tonight? Or do you think they're going to play oh, Price yeah. game, game four? No, I think it's Price tonight. I think it's Price tomorrow. I don't okay. think they're going to... Yeah, That's I, what I think too. Judging, I just, his, you know, based on his performance, again, his his save percentage last game, you know, was misleading. But, yeah. Um, you know, when you have, you know, 35 shots on you, your your team took like, we took like 16, 17 shots. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of these shots are, are high quality you know, shots from the bottom of the circle from Matthews on the power play. I mean, like, you can't read into this save percentage too much. Um, I don't think they're going to pull him until he absolutely needs it, and I think it's going to benefit Allen because, um, you know, we could potentially, if, you know, if we move on past the Leafs, we could see Allen uh, start in that series. Right. And kind of, um, you know, he'll be super fresh. That's true. Yeah. Okay, well then... I think we'll basically call it there. Yeah. Um, we got puck drop in about two hours. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys during the first intermission. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.